0: Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Target Field in Minneapolis, Minnesota. It's the Cleveland Guardians for the Minnesota Twins 2. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field. The thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. Although, tonight, I barely watched a second of this game. In fact, I wasn't even listening to it on the radio, I wasn't tracking it on my phone. Nope, it was just one of those nights where we were hanging with friends and baseball was kind of the last thing on our mind. However, you know, at some point in the night, I did have to sneak away to check my phone. I, you know, I got to check in and at least see the score of the game. Come on, I got to see what's going on. So I think uh, by the time I finally sat down on the couch, it was the uh, Arias was grounding out to end the ninth inning. And uh, I got to watch Klasse get the save in the bottom of the ninth Some good pitching from Klasse. We don't normally see him strike out that many hitters. Two strikeouts to start the inning before a ground out to end things. So, uh, yeah, so that's as much of this game as I actually saw. However, you know, I'm here for you. I went back. I did the research. I watched the highlights. I think I'm prepared. I think I have a top storyline for this game. Uh, We got another email from uh, our friend uh, Marlin in uh, Birmingham who is incredibly enthusiastic, wrote a very nice long email here. Uh, I'm going to throw to it at the end again. Uh, I love Marlon's enthusiasm. If you don't want this to be the Davey and Marlon show, feel free to join him in the inbox, Mornings at gmail.com. I'd love to get some more voices in there, really mix it up. Uh, It is, it's more fun. It's more fun the more voices we get in the inbox. So uh, I appreciate Marlon's enthusiasm. Believe me, I do. Uh, It's nice to, it's nice to meet another fan. He's got some great points that we're going to hit on at the end of this thing. So uh, jump in the email inbox, clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. And uh, let me know what you're thinking out there. All right. So I told you I had a top storyline for this game. Here we go. We hit a home run off Sonny Gray. Now, I know you're thinking, Davey, this is Major League Baseball. Pitchers give up home runs all the time. How is that your top storyline? Well, I'm sure if you were watching this game uh, or if you were listening to Hamilton, I'm sure you heard that Sonny Gray had not given up a home run yet this season. Somehow. Somehow in, let me see if I can do some quick math here, 60, just over 60 innings of baseball, he had not given up a home run yet. Two months of solid starting pitching. This is no Aaron Savali situation where he got in a couple starts and then went on the IL. No, this is two solid months of pitching at the major league level and had not given up a home run until old old, young Will Brennan uh, got a hold of a hanging curveball and absolutely demolished it Into the seats in right field. Uh, Oh, uh, let's see here. 30 out of 30. Yep, 30 out of 30. I caught, uh, Stephen Kwan's caught my eye for a second. Apparently Kwan's was 29 out of 30. Fenway, really? Are you kidding me? Fenway Park was the only park that Kwan's wouldn't have been a home run in? Because you're assuming that the the fence is so short That a fielder could make a leaping catch And steal the home run back Like how is it not a home run in Fenway Park Quan's uh, in the ninth inning The insurance run was 29 out of 30 ballparks Brennan was 30 out of 30 ballparks uh, No doubt about it Shot 105 miles per hour 406 feet uh, It was just a hanging curveball And with a runner on base two, I mean, I guess that's even more the storyline of the game, right? Gabriel Arias singles to lead off the inning, and then Brennan delivers this shot. Uh, More the storyline of the game is we beat the Twins at their own game. We beat them at their own game, hitting home runs. That's how they normally win. Uh, you know, Polanco gets one to lead off the game, and that is it. So a solo home run, again, we talked about this, the I think it was, what was it, Thursday night's game, where you, you'll actually live with a solo home run against the Twins, right? It's not that bad. A solo home run is manageable. It's when those numbers start to get a little crooked and men get on base, like the Guardians did in the seventh inning, where these things can be really dangerous. And it, uh, it was the first pitch of the at-bat, too. The first pitch of the at-bat, just a hanging curveball in at the waist, and he turns on it. So a great piece of hitting there from Will Brennan, who's, you know, been doing better of late. I mean, okay, so that's going to lead me kind of into my other storyline of the game. Arias has two hits on the day and a walk, so he's on base three times. Jimenez has three hits and a walk on the day, including a double, including runs scored, if these guys start to find it, I, I mean, again, we don't have enough power. I, it's silly. I was watching uh, the you know the end of the game celebration. Everybody kind of comes together, and the three outfielders meet in center field and kind of jog in together. And I'm just looking at Quan standing next to Straw, standing next to Brennan, and it's like they're, it's literally three of the same guy. On any other baseball team in Major League Baseball, one of those guys built that way, you know, that style player would be your center fielder, and you'd have two big lumbering power hitters on either side of them in your corner outfield spots. All right, maybe not lumbering. They can be athletic, all right? Whatever. You get my point. You'd have a, power prof- a profile power hitter next to that guy in center field. Instead, you We've got three of them. Now, granted, Quan and Brennan both put balls out tonight. So they do flash a little power from time to time. But I think we can agree, especially for Straw. It's very far uh, in between those home runs. For Straw, it's almost non-existent, that power. But it's it's a little bit strange. It's a very strange roster construction. It's a weird situation that Antonetti and Chernoff find themselves in, right? it's it, How could they have predicted that the three outfielders that would, you know, they trade for straw because they need a center fielder at the time, but how could they predict that the other two outfielders that would rise from the crop would also be contact, heavy, speed, hustle guys, great defensive, good arm guys? Look, ain't, they couldn't have predicted that. That Oscar Gonzalez or Valera at this point wouldn't have developed to be one of those power hitting corner outfield spots. They tried moving Nolan Jones out there. Apparently, it's working for Nolan Jones in Colorado. Check those numbers. Apparently, he's doing pretty good out there now that he's up with the minor league, up with the major league team. He did start the season in the minors, uh, but they probably thought one of those guys would be hitting for power in right field, and this wouldn't be the roster construction. And yet, here we are. Is Gabriel Arias going to be the one that adds that power, adds that pop? Uh, no home run from tonight, but, you know, still good day. Uh, still two base hits. Nice to see. And he has shown some serious power when he gets a hold of one. So, yeah, it's, it's a very strange day. But it's nice to see those guys maybe warming up a little bit. Maybe. I mean, four times on base for Jimenez. Nice to see. That is really nice to see right there. Uh Gabriel Arias too, three times on base. Uh, Brennan with three RBIs on the day. He was the big, uh, the guy driving it. I mean, doing all, all the work right there uh, for your offense until Quan in the ninth inning gets the last RBI, obviously on the solo home run. Uh, but Brennan was doing all the work up until that point, and it makes sense that our, the hitters right ahead of him, Jimenez and Arias, are on base multiple times, and then he's the guy with three RBIs. It's kind of how baseball works. You got to get on base for someone to drive you in. Um, so yeah, Brennan's hit up to 250. He's he's been coming on pretty strong. 250 with a 650 OPS. So again, pretty low OPS numbers across the board for the Guardians. Pretty low OPS numbers, uh, but uh, yeah, uh, it's starting. It's it's maybe starting to heat up just a little bit. So. Uh, you know, something that Marlon points out in his email, um, I guess I might bounce to this from time to time. Uh, he says, uh, I feel if the offense averages four runs per game, this team will win most of their games. It's probably fair to say they would have 40 plus wins already if they scored at least four runs a game. Yeah, uh, it's true. I, four runs is a, is a good enough cushion for this pitching staff. You get another strong start from Logan Allen. Not his best start of the season. Uh, does spread out seven hits. You know, one of them is a solo home run right off the crack of the bat. So he is, you know, pitching from behind a little bit. Um, but so that, you know, one of the earned runs there. And then they managed to get another run in the fifth inning off him. But he does. He only gives up four hard hit balls on the day. In six innings, 95 pitches. That's pretty efficient. Only four strikeouts, so not the big strikeout day uh, that we're used to seeing from Logan Allen. You know, a guy that can easily touch double-digit strikeouts most of the time. And, uh, you know, the other thing is he gives up two walks, but they don't cost him anything. Right? He's able to limit the damage, even his own damage, of putting guys on base via the walk. Uh, So a a decently strong day from Logan Allen. Uh, He was... uh, he was mixing those pitches. He was he was mixing the strike zone and throwing to all quadrants in the strike zone. Mostly it's forcing fastballs that are up and you know attacking the plate but the upper half of the zone. It's sweepers and changeups down. He faced an all righty lineup in this one, the left-hander. So he he wasn't afraid to throw the changeup away. He wasn't afraid to throw the sweeper in the strike zone and attack the strike zone with the sweeper pitch. And uh, it's it worked. Uh, both pitchers you know, frankly, I, I, you know, a little hard on Sunny Gray to start the podcast. I'm sorry. Uh, he, he actually pitched fairly competently, competently as well. Uh, he goes six and two thirds. He gives up 10 hits, though. So he was really, really working out there. A lot of base runners. Uh, three earned runs, no walks, two strikeouts. Does give up that home run on 90 pitches. He's hard hit one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times. Uh, so, yeah, the Guardians did a, just enough just that little bit more against Sonny Gray than the Twins hitters were able to do against Logan Allen. Now, the, th- the reason I wanted to bring up Gray's numbers there is because both of them had pretty low average exit velocities on the day. Uh, they they put The sweeper was the only pitch they hit pretty hard off of Logan Allen. It had a 93.8 mile per hour average exit velocity. Uh, they put six of them in play. But his average exit velocity on the day was only 81.9. Of uh, 19 balls put in play, the average exit velocity was 81.9. That is solid stuff right there. Even though the whiff rate wasn't super high, you know, nine whiffs on 43 swings, 21% whiff rate. Does add in 18 called strikes. A lot of them on the four-seam fastball and that sweeper. He did throw, I uh, mixed in a few cutters there. Uh, three cutters, uh... So it's 18 called strikes. It's good for a 28% CSW, but the number I want you to remember is that 81.9 average exit velocity. If we scroll down here to Sonny gray, average exit velocity of him off him, 83.7. So very similar to, uh, to Logan Allen, just, uh, inducing weak enough contact. Uh, does give up some hits. Allen did too, but both of them managed a very good ball game, frankly. And, uh, They both gave their team's chances to win. They kept them in the ballgame, gave them quality starts, and uh, gave their team's chances to win. And again, luckily the Guardians offense did just a tiny bit more uh, against them. So I actually want to go over the illustrator here and take a look at the batters. We always look at the pitchers, but I'm feeling offense on this one. I'm feeling offense in this game uh, is the thing to talk about. So Quan's home run comes on an o2 changeup uh, that comes inside uh, it was definitely a mislocation definitely a mislocation uh, I believe the catcher was set up outside if I remember the highlight correctly and this pitch comes back middle you know middle in for Quan right at the belt and he can he can turn and pull a ball down that line that's where he gets most of his home runs Uh I think wasn't it this earlier this season the first time he went out to right center in his professional career everything else had been down the line well add this one there's another one down the line for him so it's it's fun to see that on an O2 count uh, other things I noticed in this game uh Andres Jimenez again those three hits the double which he pulled and hit into right field um that was down the middle Again, a hanging curveball from Sonny Gray that he smokes at 104.7 mile per hour exit velocity. Uh, goes for a double. Uh, that was again, curveball right. I'm talking middle, middle, dead center, bullseye. Uh, his two singles both come on outside pitches. Uh, the one in the and was it the eighth inning or the um, one comes on a curveball in a slider in the eighth, one comes on a curveball in the second inning. Let me go over to the spray chart here, just make sure I get this right. Uh, the one in the eighth inning was an 0-2 slider that he actually pulls to the right side, and it, uh, it works out for him for a base hit. The uh, the curveball away in the second inning, he rides away and pokes it in the left field, um, you know, towards the left field line. That's what I'm talking about. I love seeing that from Andres Jimenez. I love seeing him use the opposite field to get those base hits, especially when pitchers are going to stay away from him. And then a curveball too. It's a high curveball kind of hanging up there. That's really, that's a good pitch to just stick out and poke and uh, drive into left field. I thought it was interesting, Gabriel Arias, both of his singles came from pitches below the strike zone. Uh, One was a curveball on a one-two count that he goes down and gets, and the other one was on a cutter on a one-one count. Both of them below the strike zone. So that was interesting. Again, Brennan's curveball that he hits out is on the inner half of the plate, inside just a little bit, just a little bit below the waist, but a real hanging curveball right there. And uh, Straw with multi-hit game as well. So not, let's not take anything away from Straw in that nine-hole, even though it doesn't uh, turn into much. You know, it doesn't come around and create any runs, but it is nice to see Straw uh, getting on base twice, having a multi-hit game there. Uh, unfortunately, the Guardians can't do anything with it. So those are some of the things going on in offense. You know, it was unlikely heroes tonight. Unlikely guys to have power. Unlikely guys to, you know, Brennan to be driving in all those runs. Uh, the fact that the, you know, Straw and and Quan getting on base after him can't really turn into anything. Uh, a rough night, Ahmed Rosario leaves the game early. Uh, with apparently knee soreness. It gets Tyler Freeman in there. He gets on base twice, uh, a hit and a walk. So, uh, you know, in limited at-bats and only three at-bats, he's on base twice. We got to get, I mean, we got to get more bats for Tyler Freeman. It's killing me not seeing his name in the lineup. He's hitting two eighty six with a six ninety OPS. Meanwhile, your starting shortstop, Amin Rosario, look, I know he has the track record that Francona believes in but he's hitting 224 with a 584 ops lowest on the team ops wise lower than straw that's right lower than zanino who's been awful I he zanino I know he's had like a day or two where he was actually hitting pretty good he had three more strikeouts in this one he's got a 189 batting average but at least his ops is over 600 613. Ahmed Rosario's is at 584. So who knows? Maybe this knee thing is legit. Uh, remember they gave him the off day the other, the other day. So maybe Rosario ends up in an IL stint. Uh, who knows? Who knows? But Freeman ends up coming in there at shortstop. And please, please get him in the lineup more. Let him run a little bit and see what he can do. See if he can really heat up and be a super on, you know, another another one. Another super on base You know, batting average, singles hitter, but uh, let's see what he can do if he can heat up. Because all those guys on base, eventually the Guardians are going to break through and score a decent amount of runs against an opponent. Um, I didn't realize this. They went 0-8 for with runners in scoring position on this game, and yet still managed... Four runs on 12 hits. Uh, How about the Twins? How'd they do? One for four with runners in scoring position. So you can see this was going to be the Guardians' day. It was just a matter of time before they finally broke through. I mean, you can't have that many base runners and not finally break through somehow and score some runs. Interesting that the, it's 0 for 8 with runners in scoring position. Yeah. Wild stuff here. So, uh... Not not all my thoughts. Hang on, hang on. Not all my thoughts. The uh, the bullpen. Just shout out to the bullpen. Uh, Marlins uh, pointed this out in his email um, in regards to Karinchek. I wonder if he's actually settling down or he feels the pressure of a demotion to Columbus if he doesn't improve. This is his third straight good outing after walking the bases loaded in the second game of the series against the Cardinals. Yes, we all we do remember that terrible outing. I believe wasn't it Sam Henches who came in and saved that inning and actually got out of that inning. Uh but he walks the bases loaded against the Cardinals. And yeah, he he has settled down. And you know, again, the fact that he's Francona's using him here in this situation is leading me to believe that Karinchek's position was never in doubt. He's not going anywhere. In fact, I believe they did already send Hunter Gaddis down. And uh Marlon pointed us this out in his email. Michael Kelly was promoted uh in the bullpen. So I still don't understand what the move is to get Tristan McKenzie on the team. I guess we're gonna find out tomorrow. We'll all find out together. But yeah, Karrnack Karrnack seems to have bounced back. And you know what? Should we be surprised? I feel like he's done this in his career. I feel like Karrnack has had those moments in his career where he looks completely lost, and then I don't know. I don't. know. Carl Willis sits down sits down with him, takes him out for a cup of coffee. I I don't know what watches some film with him, and uh, he seems to right the ship. Uh, from those moments, De Los Santos is just absolutely filthy this year. He pitches the eighth inning. Uh, does give up a hit, but on fourteen pitches, gets out of it. Uh, zeros across the board for the rest of his box score, and obviously Class A finishing the ninth with two strikeouts. De Los Santos is just cooking this year. I mean, he is in the eighty-second percentile for average exit velocity, eighty-seventh percentile for hard hit percentage. 85th percentile for expected batting average, 73rd percentile for expected slugging. He is doing a really really great job this year. Uh his whip is uh well below his league his career average of 1.3. He's at uh below what it was last year for the Guardians at 1.07. He's at a 0. 0.91 whip right now. And his uh ERA is well below his career average of 4.22. Last year for the Guardians it was 3.04. Now he's at a 1.64 ERA. So really, really locking in uh, for De Los Santos. It's interesting. His strikeout percentage is down. I went from a 28.4 strikeouts percentage to 22.5 K percentage. So the strikeouts are down, but the hard hit rate is way down. It went from 45.2 to 31.4. So he's indu- he's not striking out as many guys but he's inducing much much weaker contact. The average exit velocity off him is down almost 4 percentage points. So uh yeah. Uh, it's he's really really uh done an impressive job of taking another step as a pitcher. He was he was pretty good last year. He's getting close to really good to dominant uh so far this season. Uh so good job from the bullpen. Uh, All right, before we get to Merlin's email, I don't want to forget MVP on the day. Oh, come on. The guy with three RBIs, the guy single-handedly. Kwan's was just an insurance run in the ninth inning. Uh, Brennan gave us that win right there. So uh, MVP on the day for three RBIs, definitely going to Will Brennan. Is he heating up? Maybe. Maybe. Is he figuring it out with, you know, this, this consistent playing time in right field? I know he's kind of splitting time with Arias right now, but he is getting some pretty consistent playing time out there in right field, and it's starting to come together. It might be starting to come together a little bit for that guy, so uh, alright, that is all my thoughts on this, uh, on this fun win that I didn't get to watch, but hey, I'm glad we won. I'm glad I got to enjoy the highlights, um, and yeah, I mean, Logan Allen, it's nice to see him out there. It's nice to see the bullpen be dominant, and it's nice to see some of these young guys some of these young guys start to figure some things out offensively. All right, uh, the rest of Marlin's email. Uh, some other highlights from the email. He, uh, he was going on about the Luis Arise trade. He said, thank goodness the Twins traded Luis Arise. He was a huge thorn in Cleveland's side. Arise, Salvador Perez, and Andrew McCutcheon are my favorite non-Guardians players. And wish them well, except for when they play against Cleveland. I know they needed pitching. But with all due respect to Pablo Lopez, this trade wasn't smart. Arise is the reigning AL batting champ and is hitting 390 in the year. And yeah, I remember when we played Miami earlier this season, Arise was giving us trouble. So, you're right. They definitely, you know, they always say, you know, trade from an area of strength. I don't I don't know if I would have given up Luis Arise for uh, for starting pitching. I feel like there are probably other ways to find starting pitching. So uh, you're right there, Marlin. It is weird to face the Twins team without him. Uh, but thank goodness that we're not because uh, it, it's going to help us in the long run. However, uh, he also mentioned um, – was it in this email or another email here? Uh, he mentioned uh, their third baseman, uh, Royce Lewis – And, uh, Lewis, Lewis is going to be a problem. Like he makes a great defensive play, a really, really good defensive play in this one, uh, turning a double play. He's been hitting really well in the series. So, uh, and we might've gotten rid of Luis rise, but now Royce Lewis, uh, add him to the collection of just continued good twins offense. Uh, they just, they, they, we know how to find the pitching. We know how to develop the pitching. They seem to have a way with offense. You got to give Minnesota a little bit of credit there. Uh, So, yeah. So, thank you, Marlon. Uh, He's excited to see uh, Dr. Sticks tomorrow. That's right. Tristan McKenzie making his return to the mound for the Cleveland Guardians. I think we're all excited, Marlon. Uh, I think McKenzie is someone that everyone uh, everyone who's a fan of this team is 100% behind Tristan McKenzie. Wanting to see this kid have success. Uh, and want to see him, uh, you know, continue to develop into the ace we believe he can be. So it's going to be uh, nice to see him back on the mound for us. Uh, so thank you, Marlon. Again, if you want to jump into the email inbox, mornings at gmail.com. All right, that's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Again, the final from Minnesota. It's your Guardians 4, the Minnesota Twins 2. Hey, we actually have a chance to even up a four-game set tomorrow and make this weekend not a total loss, you know, as far as the standings go. It's not a total loss because we all had fun talking baseball together. All right, you can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Spotify. If you go to the link in the show notes, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play it back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.